Hello and welcome to the Pink in the City podcast. Pink in the City is a breast cancer charity. We are raising awareness and funds and providing information and inspiration. Please share this episode with the world and join us in our mission. And now let's proceed to today's episode. Welcome to Pink in the City podcast and Boy, oh boy, do we have someone thinking pink today with us. <laughs> I'd like to welcome uh, Dr. Mitterisian. And what a pleasure to see you live. I love hi, it. Hi, Denise. Thank you. This will be the first and last time people see me with pink hair. <laughs> well, I think, I think this is awesome because um, we get the opportunity do it's fantastic we love it yeah absolutely so, so sarkis um the uh the purpose of this podcast today is uh just to share a little bit of insight um of all the years that we've known you through pink in the city and uh and uh and share with us your your um your views on the importance of community and, and everyone that's doing such fantastic things in the community. And, and I want to say that you are a remarkable role model that I've had the pleasure to work with in the last, I'd say, uh, many years since yeah. 2012. Yeah decade it's almost yeah almost yes that we've been working together so um and and uh i just want to let the our listeners know that the first time we met was uh at our first pink in the city gala when you came mm-hmm. and you spoke um to at the gala yes. and it was that was our first meeting Yes, it was it was tremendous, and it's been a tremendous association, and that's part of the reason we're doing this event this year is because we couldn't put on a Pink in the City for the last two years, so it's such a crucial part of our fundraising at the Breast Center that uh, without it, we don't have we, we we don't have the funds. So I decided to do what I'm doing: dye my hair pink and shave it tomorrow. Yeah, you're a man of your word. A man of your word, that's for sure. So, and and you've been doing lots of interviews and telling us all about your your patients. And honestly, you are so passionate about what you do. First of all, the work that you do. Um, tell us a little bit about patient love. Well, I you know I, I decided to go into surgery and then to become an oncologist exactly for that reason. Because um, I was impressed, I was always impressed when I was a medical student about the bond that uh, patients develop with their surgeons. I think there's something special with a doctor who actually um, comes in and takes out the tumor, does something which, you know, on, on the surface is very invasive, isn't it? Uh, you're making a decision. And yet that incision, uh, curing the patient with a knife, um, is so bonding. And then the oncology part 
is what I love about it is that it's a lifelong relationship. Yes, you operate today, but you follow the patient for months and years. And I and like today I had a clinic and I saw patients I operated on in 2005. Wow. So it's fantastic, you know, and, and and we live for those success stories and that bonding that we develop over the years with our patients. Well, the feedback has been just um, incredible over the last, let alone, the, you know, the, all these years, but in the last month with this Raise Craze campaign, so many of your patients have come forward and all say the same thing, how incredible you are and uh, that you've done everything for them and more. <laughs> you know, Not there a- was there was a surgeon who who told me when, when I was maybe a young medical student and I, it stuck with me, this, this was a very loved uh, surgeon who said to me, you know, if I had to give you one piece of advice, treat every patient like they're part of your family. And that's something that stuck with me. And I, and I do it to this day. And also you have to treat people as you know, well, Denise, um, not only uh, as family, but if, as, as you want to be treated. So it's, it's, it's not forced on my part. I really like my patients, to be honest. Any people will listen to that and say, oh my God, sounds corny. But it is true. And, and you know, um, it's idealistic to want everybody to survive cancer. They don't all survive. And, uh, but you do your best and you develop that bond with the 90 plus percent that will survive. And, and that keeps you going and helps you uh, with the more difficult times. Indeed, indeed. Um, so this wellness program, and you've been talking a lot about it. If there was one thing that you really want to highlight about it, what would it be? The most important part, apart from the details I've always listed in my interviews, is the support it gives patients. Because, you know, we treat patients, we operate on them, give them chemo, we radiate them. We're always trying to cure them. But we're doing very little, at least we used to do very little, to support them in their lives. And, you know, you have to wake up in the morning, you have to get dressed, you have to eat, you have to exercise, you have to, you have to have relationships, you have to do things that we all do and we take for granted. And when you have cancer, all of a sudden, everything becomes difficult. The simplest thing, uh, getting up in the morning, exercising, um, you know, finding a partner. So it's, uh, it's really incredible um, that we've neglected that over the decades. And in, it's only in the last 10 to 15 years that people uh, have thought about uh, giving more support and, and helping the patients. And that's what the wellness center does. We support the patients. The, the doctors and the nurses, we, we are we're busy curing but the support center, the wellness center, sorry, is busy supporting. And, and, and you've, your team has demonstrated that. Your team has been fabulous. We've, uh, we've spoken to Sophie and she's yeah. given us a really great summary of what takes place. I know you've done visits, you've brought in the students 
our Model the Way program, leadership program, and you've brought them into uh, the Wellness Center. Why, why did you agree to do that? Because not everybody will do that. So tell us why you agreed to do that. Well, I think that uh, my goal is a bit selfish, uh, Denise. Um, I want to spark interest in these young people for a career in medicine and hopefully surgery. That's the selfish part. I want. I brought them to the operating room. I showed them the radiation suite. I showed them the gadgets because, as you know, medicine, you must be devoted to it as a student. You can't just you know, decide, we'll get up one day and decide you're going to go into medicine. You have to kind of, you have to study hard. You have to sacrifice. So I wanted them to understand what they're sacrificing for, that it's worth it, that medicine is exciting, surgery is exciting, and maybe it's a good career choice. Well, you not only made it seem easy, but you wanted all of them to be there all the time that's for sure the feedback the feedback that we had gotten from those sessions of course were just uh fantastic and of course we had to put them on hold because of covid and everything that transpired yeah um but hopefully one day those uh those uh, sessions can start again those tours um that would be one you talk about the young people. So tell if there was something that you wanted to highlight about the community and the importance of the involvement, what would that be? I think that, um, you know, when you're sick, it's so important to have the support of your family. But in, 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 in the case of us as medical personnel, doctors and nurses, it's so important to have the support of the community. It's analogous. And, um, you know, we can go on and do our work, but to have organizations like Pink in the City, like the foundation, you know, working hard at our side to help us to raise the money that we need to help our patients because we can't do it alone. The same way a patient cannot fight their cancer alone. They need support from friends and family. We need community. It's so important. And without it, we would not be as good as we are. And thanks to people like you and all the volunteers, these, you know, all, you know, everybody's doing this for free and uh, they're, they're sacrificing time. But in the end, um, the bottom line is that patients are being helped. You, we, the actual, the individual volunteer doesn't see it, but trust me when I say that without all these uh, fundraisers and the money that we collect, we couldn't offer the services that the patients um, uh, really appreciate. Yeah. yeah. What I love about you, Sarkis, is that, you know, we would be able to come to you and say, all right, so what do you need this year? And you were always like thinking ahead and always with the mind of your patients and what do they need? And so in the last decade, um, we were able to work together to buy some equipment and, um, and fundraise for that and you had research programs um, that we fundraised for. So tell us a little bit about the last decade. 
Well, we're not the U.S. here in Canada, especially in like in Quebec, Montreal. You know, we don't, we just don't get any, the things we want just because we need them. And so thanks to organizations like the Pink in the City and the MUHC Foundation, you know, we bought in the last decade a neoprobe, which allows us to find nodes at the time of surgery. And rather than taking out 20 lymph nodes, we only need to take out one or two. Those are called the Sentinel. But in order to find them, we need an instrument, which costs $35,000. And, that and that's where the fundraising came in. Pink helped us buy that. Then we, the ultrasound machine was getting old. Um, things don't get replaced around here uh, with a snap of the finger. Uh, things were really getting out of hand. Again, Pink came in and raise the money to buy an ultrasound machine. And then the wellness. The wellness center requires money. And, and we've, we started small. We started with psychology, kinesiology, but then we added sex therapy. We added dietetics. We added personal trainer. And we can add even more. And we need money for that. A simple session costs $100. If 100 patients do it, you're up to $10,000. So, the, the Pink in the City effort over the last decade has given us equipment that we badly needed, given us new equipment that needed to come in to replace the old one. And the wellness center would never have happened uh, without Pink, without MUHC Foundation. And, um, and now patients uh, are almost, um, assuming it's always gonna be there. They, they don't even know, like because we've had this in place for at least three years now, what it means not to have Sophie there with her Zoom talks, or what it means not to access these services because they've gotten used to them. So now we have to raise this money. We've, you know, you're a victim of your success. If we had no, no resources, nothing to offer, you don't have to raise money, but we wanna make it better. We wanna offer our patients state-of-the-art care. And now we have it in place and we gotta keep it in place. And it takes a lot of work. Every year is a new year and a new fundraiser. But that's, um, that's the, where the hard work comes in. But the end result is the happiness and the, the wellness of the patients. Yeah. So the wellness center, I mean, you've, your patients have been uh, sharing testimonials mm -hmm. um, with our team. And, uh, and we've been publishing them as we've been uh, getting receiving them and just reading their journeys their stories but yeah. most importantly how the wellness center has made all the difference for them um, is fuel for us to just continue what we do and 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 get everybody interested in that program so that we can fundraise and 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 raise awareness on how important it is Absolutely, because the patients now realize what it means to have a wellness center. Before, there wasn't one. So they didn't, you know, patients didn't know that these services could have been offered. And those who couldn't afford it didn't get it. But now they've seen it, they've used it, and I can't see. And, they've, and you know how patients talk among themselves? Yeah. And so I don't think, um, you know, if tomorrow we cut off all the funding and we said we got to stop it, what a disaster. Because now we've gotten used to offering these and the patients have gotten used to using them. 
that's so true. That's so true. So, so how much money have you raised so far? Well, I was looking before the podcast. We are up uh, as we speak at one hundred and eighty-four thousand. Now, one hundred and eighty-four thousand. Yes, one hundred and eighty-four. Wow! But that, but here's the clincher, Avon when they saw one of our uh, reports on television, were so touched that the Avon Foundation um, went ahead and, and decided to match dollar for dollar all donations from October 1st. Well, on, on September 30th, we had about 84, 85,000. So that means we already have 100,000 since then. Avon will match that. So really, although on the website it says 184, we're really at 284. So I wow. think with, uh, wow. I see, see my beautiful pink hair and my baldness tomorrow, uh, I'm hoping that we'll click <laughs> the last 20,000 and get over 300. That, there's no words really. That's well, I, such yeah, an I'm, accomplishment, such an accomplishment. Bravo to you and to your entire team and to all the partners that are supporting yeah. this campaign. It, it, takes, it takes a fundraiser like you to know how difficult it is to raise a dollar. And, <laughs> and so I was very modest. I said, I'll cut my hair. I'll, I'll shave my head for 50. I remember and, that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we had 50 in 10 days. And then we raised it to 100. Then we raised it to 200. And I think we're going to end up with 300. So it's amazing. That's, uh, that's definitely a success story worth sharing. That's for yeah. sure. And worth and, the hair. <laughs> and worth the pink hair. Yes. And worth shaving them. Yes. Yep. Tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. So are you excited about tomorrow? Well, tomorrow will be crazy. Just crazy. I think that everybody... Uh, wants to take a picture, a selfie, anything with my pink hair. And then at one o'clock, uh, we're going to do some <laughs> interviews with CTV, CBC, Global, TVA, Nouvelle, the Gazette. And then off it goes. Uh, we have three breast cancer survivors, a lady who, uh, Patricia, who owns the salon that dyed my hair today. And she was kind enough to do that for, uh, for free of charge. And then tomorrow, she's going to join two other hairdressers who are breast cancer survivors who are going to shave my head. And uh, ma'am, when I say I don't want, I'm going to, I want to be shiny at the end and I I don't want any stubble. So they know that. So I want to be like our ladies who lose their hair with chemotherapy. And I think it's symbolic of what they go through. And I keep on telling everybody, don't worry, your hair will grow back. Everybody's been telling me today, don't worry, your hair will grow back. So it's ironic. Wow. You're, you are remarkable. You are remarkable for doing that. Well, it's, uh, you know what? I think that the success has stunned me and I'm so happy. The money is so, you know, as you know, the program needs about 100 to 125,000 yeah. a year. So we, we've collected enough for two years and next year at this time, uh, hopefully, we'll be uh, getting ready for Pink in the City 2022, and uh, it's going to make it all worthwhile. And we have now money to make the program last at least for one or two more years, minimum. So it's fantastic. Well, this uh, pay it forward action on your part, uh, Sarkis, has been really, really inspirational 
to everyone, to all of us in many, many ways, in many ways. So if there was one message you want to give your patients and anyone that has been impacted mm -hmm. by breast cancer, what would that be? I would tell them that, and this is for the patients who will be diagnosed tomorrow. I would tell them, don't despair. Um, we will, uh, your chances of being cured are 90%, if not higher. And we're there for you. And, uh, and, and when I say we, it's not Sarkis Medarissian. It's everybody uh, who's there for you. From, the, from people like you, the fundraisers, the foundations, nurses, uh, all the wellness center, Sophie. Um, there are so many people who help. Um, uh, we have a, Helen, uh, our nurse, as you know well. Yes. She's, she's tireless. And the staff at the center uh, work so hard. Uh, from the secretaries to the uh, PAB to our administrative technician. It's incredible how much work is done behind the scenes and everybody cares. So my message is sometimes there's nothing worse than being told you have cancer, but hopefully you get your diagnosis at the uh, breast center of the MUHC because you'll feel the love there and we'll take care of you. Yeah. Well, we definitely feel the love from you and your entire team. Um, and um, we, we thank you for all that you're doing for us, your patients, your community. Um, it's definitely something to be uh, commended for. Thank you. Thank you. And um, so, my, my, my pink hair is driving everybody crazy. But you know what? It's fun. And the patients go through it and their hair grows back. I was talking to patients today and they said, ah, don't worry. They all had chemo, their hair grew back and they told me their hair was better after it grew back. So I'm looking forward to my hair growing back there. So you get, it's funny how patients give you confidence. Yeah. The way you give them. Yeah, yeah, it's ironic, but it's, but it's beautiful what's happening out there. So how does your family feel about your pink hair? Oh, they <laughs> were all excited. The pictures were flying between people. They're all like, Oh my God, it suits you. And I said, oh, well, let's not get carried away. And um, <laughs> so, no, it's crazy. And I, and, you know, I'm not, this is it. Um, I won't be pink ever again in my life. So I'll enjoy the next uh, 16 hours until my head is shaved. And then, wow. uh, and then uh, like my patients, it will grow back. And, and we, uh, we would have had a great, great event that has really inspired the community and helped our patients. Wow. This one is definitely going down in the books. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It may be in the pink books, but it's yeah. definitely going down. Yes, yes. So, Sarkis, honestly, um, it's been a pleasure chatting with you and, and, and hearing your, um, your insights on, on, on some of this, um, on these questions. Thank but, you. Um, but we really appreciate everything. And... And just remember that your action has just inspired someone else. You're, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's, it's so much fun. And uh, tomorrow I look forward to seeing you and, uh, and we'll have a laugh. With pleasure, with pleasure. So thank you everyone for joining us for the Pink in the City podcast um, with Dr. Metarisian.
and uh, talking about his race craze campaign and uh, and in the last decade on um, on our initiatives with Pink in the City. So thank you. And on behalf of all of us, the survivors, Pink in the City, the volunteers, all of us, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Good luck tomorrow. Yes, thank you. <laughs>